The other day, as I was listening to a podcast on Mary Anning, the famous fossil collector, a familiar name came up, William Buckland. I talked about William Buckland in my story. That time the French king was cannibalized. If you'd like to go back and listen to it, you may do so now. But to sum up, this story, which is probably made up, goes something like this. Among the treasures looted from France and kept as curios by the English upper class after the revolution was the heart of King Louis XIV, the infamous Sun King. The heart, or at least a walnut-sized piece of it, was shown off to geology professor and extreme omnivore William Buckland, who promptly ate the piece. But if that story was made up, the facts of Buckland's life are just as strange. For one thing, he was the first to identify that the dinosaur fossil was something new, and also took an interest in fossilized dinosaur poop. Okay then, I'm Tracy S. Morris, and I am not making this up. Buckland's interest in geology started when he was a child collecting fossilized shells from roadbeds when he went for walks with his dad. In those days, history was taken as literally from the Bible, and scientists believed that the Earth was only a few thousand years old. So finding ancient shells miles inland was considered to be a byproduct of the biblical flood of Noah. As Buckland grew up and got his education, he also developed a few, let's call them eccentricities, because upper class. When you're poor, you're crazy. When you're rich, you're eccentric. So Buckland's eccentricities included going fossil collecting in his lecturing ropes, screaming questions into the faces of his buttoned-up, proper students at Oxford, sometimes while shoving hyena skulls into those same faces. He was also known to lecture on horseback, probably after riding the horse into the lecture hall, and also trying to eat his way through the animal kingdom hence the term extreme omnivore that I used to describe him. His diet includes stewed bluebottle flies, which he said was the most disgusting thing he'd ever eaten, mice on toast, moles, slugs, and earwigs, and, because he is just the worst, puppies. Buckland once tried the limestone in an Italian cathedral because local customs stated that it was imbued with saints' blood. He reported that his experiences led him to believe that the only thing it was imbued with was bat urine, which kind of tells us a lot about Buckland and also a lot about human nature. Eventually, Buckland's eccentricities would escalate into dementia, which could have been guilt from eating puppies, or maybe for meeting that French king's heart. But his dementia would not set on before he made his mark on paleontology. Professionally, Buckland was among the first scientists to propose that the world might be a lot older than scientists thought, like millions of years older, not just thousands. This was about 50 years before Darwin would publish Origin of Species. In that time, scientists believed the world was exactly the way it had been at creation. Extinction was not widely accepted as possible, nor was the idea that an animal could change to fit its surroundings. 
The idea was that God had created all animals just as he intended them to be, and they did not change. So the idea that there was once a race of lizards that were a dominant life form and existed sometime before the scientifically accepted seven days that it took to create the world was a radical notion in those days. Then in 1825, Buckland looked over a collection of fossilized, quote, giant bones, end quote, and had a eureka moment. The bones he was looking at weren't from biblical giants or dragons or even elephants for whatever reason. No, they were of a lizard-like species that must have died off long ago. Buckland wrote a paper describing the creature and named it Megalosaurus, which means great lizard. This was in the time before the term dinosaur was invented. While exploring a Paleolithic cave, Buckland found one of the most complete and oldest burials in England. He named it the Red Lady of Paviland. Now, Buckland identified the skeleton as belonging to a Roman-era prostitute. And the skeleton later proved to be not a woman, not Roman, and most likely not a prostitute. And despite the sweet moniker, not a character from Game of Thrones. Buckland isn't completely at fault for the error. A large part of the problem was that he was a white Victorian male making white Victorian male assumptions. He assumed because the bones were put to rest with decorative grave goods that it must have been female. Because the bones were stained with red ochre, he assumed they must belong to a prostitute. And because scientists at the time believed humans never lived alongside extinct animals, he dated the Paleolithic era skeleton to Roman times. Whoops! Now, his work on dinosaur poo started when he asked fossil collector Mary Anning her opinion on some strange, twisting fossils known as bazaar stones. For you Harry Potter fans, these are a different type of bazaar than the kind that saved Ron Weasley and Half-Blood Prince. That kind of bazaar is made when a goat eats things it can't digest, and goats eat everything they can't digest. These undigestible bits compact into a cement-like structure in the goat's intestines. That's the kind of bazaar stone that was thought to have cured poison. This type of bazaar is literally fossilized poo that was in a dinosaur's intestines when it died. But no one knew that at that time. Buckland took a bazaar stone to Anning, where she observed that she'd been finding similar stones in the pelvis of an ichthyosaur that she'd been digging up. Anning also observed that when she broke the bazaar stones open, they usually contained smaller bones inside, which suggested that possibly these were fossilized poo. <laughs> Anning also suggested that the twisting shapes might come from the shape of the animal's intestines and might be able to tell us something about the dinosaur's insides. Based on Anning's observations, Buckland was able to hypothesize that the ichthyosaur might have had an intestinal structure similar to sharks. By studying the dinosaur poo, he was able to figure out the aquatic food chain that the ichthyosaur fit into. Buckland named the fossilized dinosaur poo corporalites, which is the name applied to all fossilized dung today. He was so enamored of them, he had a table made from tiny cross-sections of corporalite. 
Stories say that he would invite guests to dine on the table, possibly on puppy, and once his guests were finished eating, he would gleefully tell them all about his dinosaur poop table. Buckland probably got away with this because he was a kind of a rock star of his day. Every day, geologists and fossil collectors in this new field of paleontology were expanding their knowledge of the world and challenging old beliefs. Being in Buckland's presence guaranteed that you would have an interesting story to tell later. These days, if Johnny Depp showed up at your dinner party naked and then sat on your yeast strolls while drinking rum, no one would say anything because he's Johnny Depp. Buckland had that level of stardom at that time. People figured what a story you'd have to tell your grandkids. Thank you for listening to I Am Not Making This Up. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much all the other directories now, so subscribe. If you like what you hear, leave a review with your preferred podcast service. That's how other listeners find us. For more bizarre stories that I didn't make up and some that I did, go to my website, tracysmorris.com. I post a new history story the third Monday of each month and a new podcast the first Monday of each month. You can also subscribe to my newsletter. I send out an original speculative fiction short story every month. Or check out my short stories and novels there. If you want a good laugh, why not purchase one of my books, like Bride of Tranquility, which is a murder mystery set in a haunted hotel during a Renaissance wedding. It's available on Amazon, through Yard Dog Press, or Bain Books. And if you have an improbable history topic you'd like me to make a podcast episode on, please drop me an email at author at tracysmorris.com.